Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast with your ever-faithful hosts, Joe McDonald, that is me, and as always, my very, very good friend and co-host, Mr. Kyron Morrison. How are you doing good, sir? Joel, I'm doing pretty good, even though if that, that exact moment you asked me, a car decided to go past my house, I look forward to editing that out later, but um, otherwise, yeah, I'm sick. good. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah, nice. Nice, 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 nice. Um, that's good to hear. It's good to hear. Uh, what's been going on? What's what's been happening? We, we not a lot. Again, we 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 should stop stop doing these minute wings things when it's just like a dialogue options classic because I just really I work and then I go home. Like I yeah. did just have a, a delicious yeah. like all you can eat meal at Okami, yeah, which was great. But really like work and game is what I've been doing the last week because that's all I have the energy for. Yeah, that's fair. That's um, that's totally fair. I'm like in the process of like I'm on on the precipice as of recording, finishing up at my current center. My tomorrow will be my last day at my my current place of work until I move into my new one next week, um, which is very bittersweet. Uh, but the plus side is, hopefully, going forward, if it is a a dialogue options classic episode, it'll uh. It'll sound a little bit more freeform, a bit more natural, like we're almost like we're in the same room. You can't prove that. I know. That's fine. But, I mean, you know, I, I can't prove it. Unless we record a video of us doing it, but that's fine. It sounds like a lot of extra effort for not a lot, not a lot of uh, reward, if I'm being honest, but... Yeah, that's very <laughs> true. Um, but, I mean, look... Uh, let's not dilly dilly around because like we're, we're back here it's just the two of us we're going to talk about something this whole episode is just going to be about one thing and one thing only something we've both been playing for the last week so we're going to jump into the quest log mission completed quest log the quest log is of course our what we've been playing segment of the show where we sort of bring what we've been playing over the last week and uh Talk about it in great detail with uh, with ourselves and any guests that we have normally. But not this week, because we are a week into the brand new campaign, the brand new expansion for Destiny 2, which is Destiny 2 Lightfall, came out last week. We've both been playing it. We both finished the campaign. Uh, I finished it last night, thanks to some assistance from Kyron. Um, uh, I was doing fine. I did fine through the whole campaign. It was just that that last fight was yeah a bit of a nightmare. You were not you're not alone there. Like when I was doing the legendary run, um, with my fire team, most of the campaign was fine. But there's definitely a noticeable spike in things being a pain in the ass in those last two missions. You are not alone there. Even on standard, I can imagine you would notice the spike. Yeah, it. It doesn't fuck around because it just sort of throws a lot at you, I guess. In the in this is the best way of putting it, um, and it's just like fucking deal with it and and uh, deal with it. I had to, and I almost got there a couple of times, but um, yeah. In the end, I was like, it's like eleven thirty. I gotta go to bed, and Kyra was like, "Hey, I can jump in." I'm like, "Let's do it," and just rolled that motherfucker. <laughs> He barely, he barely, he, he got no opportunity to do anything. No, no, no. This is just absolutely managed. Just having one other person there, like, you know, especially one other person that has 
you know, quite a few like uh, quite a few power levels higher than where I'm at. Sort of definitely helped out. Um, but I mean, look, let's just let's just get into it. So um, the campaign itself, where are we sitting with it? Because there's been a lot of talk about it since it has come out in the last week, and since a lot of people have finished it. Um, Karen, what are your thoughts? What are you, what are your feelings? So it's such a weird thing. I the the act of playing the campaign I actually really enjoyed. Uh, we weren't touching the story, I don't think, just yet for this because that's a whole different conversation, and that is a bit more mixed. Yeah, but the campaign itself, I had a good time with. Uh, there's like one little thing I would probably change, and that is. I don't know if it was a good idea to include the new subclass Strand in the campaign. So, like, it was like a it was like a, a core feature of it was learning to use this this new ability, and that I don't know it just, it just didn't really work for me. I almost would have rathered it be its own side quest within the main quest, if that makes sense. And then maybe you know you don't have to do yeah. it until like just before the last mission if you want to leave it that late. But yeah, just having it pop up every now and again through the missions in some of the more straightforward missions, it was great. It was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm just living this power fantasy of having this new subclass, using my special, often grappling heaps and, you know, abusing my melees. But some of it worked less, you know, impressively, like certain examples where maybe, again, it may not have been as much of an issue for you, but on Legendary Difficulty, one of the main caveats is in the no re- no respawn sections like the darkness zones you have one revive each and when all three revives are expended and someone goes down that is it you have wiped so in some of the segments where it was just like one in one in particular on the second last mission there's one where you're the idea is you have to grapple onto one of the enemy's ships and then sort of grapple and sort of like get dragged up to the upper layer upper level to you know participate in a gunfight and we wiped a lot there just because sometimes it would you would not hit the ship or the ship you would just lose contact with the ship and all sorts of stuff could go wrong to the point where eventually we were just like i give up because i don't know if you noticed this job but one of the things i do appreciate that bungie did do is there is there are a lot of these segments where it's like you know have a go at grappling you didn't have to like for example in that one you can go to the left and sort of climb up around the um, scaffolding of the building and avoid using strand altogether. Because, uh... like, the strand is optional. You don't have to pick it up. And if I'm being honest, there was a lot of encounters where I didn't take it because I would rather... My, like, I have a full build for my Solar Titan, for example. Like, And when I switched to right. strand, yep. the build doesn't work as well anymore. So there were some fights, especially the, like the, um, the Darkness Zone fights. I was like, I'm not touching it. I have a, I have a very specific loadout here. And that's what I'm fighting with. So, yeah, but those are probably the, like, moments like that was where I started to be like, maybe we could have done Strand a bit differently. I do think it was still an improvement over how Stasis was handled in Beyond Light. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I still would have changed it. How about you? It's it's funny because you, you sort of say about, like, the Beyond Light comparison and it feels like they've, like, overcorrected here where they've gone... Oh, well, this, there you go. Have it all. Like at certain points in, in in the campaign, and it's yeah, like it's fun for an extent. I I don't know. I I feel like the way I would have tried to implement it, but I don't think you could. Is like 
piecemealing out each little bit, but that's like a whole other, like you'd have to build a whole other system for that to be able to, to the, the game to be able to handle that. Um, and I, I just don't think it would work, but like, yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's a lot of fun. Like, let's get that out of the way now. Strand is a lot of fun. And for someone who doesn't have a, like a rock solid build, the closest thing I've got is like my Arc Strider. Um, that's like, I, I've got that pretty good, especially when I've got something like Brigand's Law, which is just has carried me through most of that campaign. Cause I just become a fucking streak of lightning that just is zipping around the map and reloading it like half a second, like, cause I amplify myself and then I get some, some boons and pluses on that. It just, it becomes ridiculous. Um, and then just like punching into everyone and just zipping around like Batman in the Arkham games, like from enemy to enemy. And, um, yeah. So I, but having Strand didn't really, it wasn't a real detriment to that build. Uh, I say build, but I'm uh, air quoting that because I don't think it's really necessarily builds as me going, look at the, this is cool. I want to try this. Um, the, I think I really enjoyed using like the, like the grapple to enemies and then like into like space punch, basically. Um, I really enjoy doing that and it was satisfying every time and it felt good and it didn't feel it felt like I know in the campaign you get, you, you've got it like overcharged basically. And I haven't had a chance to use it. The ability like in general combat now, since I finished the campaign and unlocked the, the subclass itself. Um, but it felt like, you know, pretty easy to get back. And I'm sure there are builds around that, that I can sort of build around that, that, that technique. And I really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. just, I know it's weird. It, it's funny because this is the first post death like launch of Destiny Two, like campaign that I'm in day one with, and it was like, granted, it was like my hand was forced because of my darling son playing with my PlayStation controller and decided to buy it for me. Um, but I, I was like, I was excited. I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm I'm here day one. Let's go. I'm getting into this. I was like watching lore videos that Kyra was sending me, and he was giving me updates on where things were and what what things were happening. Um, and then there, yeah, so getting into it, and I was like enjoying it, and I just I don't know, just especially with like, I'm not gonna jump on the whole thing in terms of its advertising, advertising and being like, you know, whether or not it is a good onboarding point and all this sort of stuff. Cause I think there are elements to point to yes and no for that. But I think the thing that I was disappointed with, and this is a very superficial thing for me, it's like not enough, uh, like cool synth based, uh, like outrun soundtrack vibes, but you know, um, but no, but that, that whole vibe I feel like was just, the setting of Neo Muna is really cool. I just don't think it was explored. I, I, it could have been a bit more brighter and fun and stuff like that, but hey, that's just me. Um, Spoken like someone who hasn't gone into the thriller drone, Lost Sector. Well, I haven't yet. No, and that's the thing. I need to. Do, I haven't done any of the Lost Sectors yet, so I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna go back through and, and do some of those. Um, but yeah, I forgot about that, and that's what I'm. I I, I think that might that turn me around a little bit. But 
yeah, I, I mean, I have fun with it. It was, it was from the campaigns that I've played, it was pretty narrative wise taken out of it, pretty like on par, I think. Except for, and also except for the weird sort of strand things. It was, it was cool when you get it at first. I was like, oh, they're just giving it to us now for a little bit. And I'm like, that's really cool. And then we're going to go through and, you know, eventually it'll be, but it felt like every mission it was like, here it is again. There you go. It just, I don't know. It's hard to describe how I feel about it. Um, But having said that, I did have a lot of fun. Like um, those moments getting to use strand, like I said, was so much fun just zipping around i even got a couple of moments where i like like flanked enemies with it like i did the thing from the not as well and not with it as anywhere near as it much accuracy but like from the trailers of like sort of like swinging around people from behind and then like sort of unloading a clip into them and that was a lot of fun so um where do you feel okay is there anything else like you know gameplay wise and like general overall thoughts that you want to cover before we sort of get into some other details about it oh um geez i don't know it's so it's tough because i, I do understand what you mean and i there's a lot of people talking about how near Muna just feels like it's it's a bit empty and i do think some of that is the choice to and i, I get it as at the same time the choice to have the citizens of near Muna basically be like digitally uploaded to this cloud arc sort of like plugged into the matrix so they only really appear as holograms in certain spaces i do think it's i don't know if i prefer yeah because like the other option is like bungie drawing in npcs and i guess like that's tough to really justify when near moon is a war zone so i don't really i don't really know how they could have done that better um i think because like the, the little like yellowy glows that's supposed to be like representations of the digital versions of people, right? Yeah, those, or is that just those like, are people? Yeah, yeah. I feel like they could have maybe had like a generic female and a generic male model, and had maybe built them out a little bit, but like and just like copy and pasted, even just to sort of because sometimes I'm like, what is all this weird? And then eventually I was like, oh, of course, it's it's the people, the digital representations of the people in Cloud Arc, like it's which is a cool concept. As I love that, like you said, it's like the Matrix. I, it's a really cool idea, but. I don't know, it just didn't quite hit, but... Yeah, uh, yeah, it's tricky, because, like, there's a lot... It's... If I was to rate this campaign, like, it's definitely under the Witch Queen. The Witch Queen is, like... The Witch Queen is easily the best thing Bungie's put out, like, like campaign-wise for Destiny. Like, that and Forsaken are pretty much, like, the cream of the crop. Unfortunately, Forsaken is gone now, so, um... Witch Queen does have that... Yeah. That, the tip of a mountain to itself. But... I don't know. I had more, had more raw, pure fun with it than Beyond Light, and definitely way better than Shadowkeep. So, yeah, I guess it like by default it's my second favorite one, but obviously not without its shortcomings. I just one of the things that again it's it's only really been in the last couple of years as Destiny sort of embraced you know new generations of consoles and stuff. Uh, still obviously is running on old gen as well, like on PS4 and Xbox Series X and all that. But with having these newer systems, Bungie have definitely been able to lean more into the enemy density. And in Lightfall, I thought that was just so good. Just like, mm-hmm. it really helped sell the fact that, you know, like this is this is kind of it. And we were consistently outgunned. And I, I, I at the risk of, you know, talking, I know I, I, you weren't at the liberty to try it, but it really did sell some of those fights on Legendary. 
Like there's one in particular on the mm-hmm. last mission where, which is probably my favorite part of the whole game. It's sort of like, again, I won't spoil anything. Not that I think, it, I don't know how much you can spoil of a story, which again, we'll touch on the narrative stuff. It's not so super strong. But the second the last mission, you're sort of doing your final stand. And that fight on Legendary got so scrappy and like desperate where most of my fire team was split up at certain points. Like I was usually like fighting one of the tormentors on my own on a, like one of the ramps when my other two fire team members were on the other side and Kaitals down the front line, just bullying one of the tormentor one V one. And it was all those sort of moments that really, because Bungie did say frequently, there was two things I was saying a lot about his campaign. And that was like, one of them was like, it's meant to play like an eighties act- action movie uh, which mm-hmm. boy did it right down to having like a training montage right before the last mission, like a training montage and, and like simulation to really sell it home. Mm-hmm. But there was also lots of comparison and talk about how this was meant to be our infinity war of sorts, like destiny's infinity war where we lose. And again, just that, that moment where you're just like desperately fighting back against like this relentless enemy force is just pouring in. And you're just like, I I don't know what to do here. And like, cause you start on the ground floor and then you've got to fight back. You've got to push back to the top floor to fight. And it's just, yeah, I don't know. I really enjoyed that entire gunfight. I love a good desperate last stand, especially when you get to do it against so many enemies with such big guns and a fire team by your side. I don't know how it played on normal. I don't know. I'm not sure if it was as tough, but yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it was, it, it had, it was pretty like tense to a degree because um, I mean, I was playing it solo as well. Like it's so I, I so the yeah. difficulty wasn't like massive, but it was definitely like playing it solo still. Um, and I was like running from point to point, like like going up and grabbing like the things to take out, like the um launch, like the orbital strikes and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, ah, okay, and like bouncing around from here and there. But it was good because I had that strand ability and it like had just enough reach and just enough of those like um tangle points that I could like latch onto from across the map and like really zip around and and, and it didn't feel like it didn't feel tedious or like, oh god, now I've got to go back over here. It felt fun because I got to use that new ability and I got to fucking just fly through the air like a goddamn superhero. Um, but yeah, I the thing that is, and this is a weird thing to bring up because as someone who hasn't really played the series, I was getting from this whole campaign massive Halo vibes, like such big Halo vibes. There's one, I think the the opening mission where you're like running through the halls, like trying to get out is like the opening, which I have played of like, of OG Halo, Halo Combat Evolved. Like where you're like going through and then like a door will close in front of you and send you down to the left. And then that was great as well. That, that entire opening mission, I really loved as well, especially that part where like, there's a point where you look, you can look through the windows and you can see the ship you need to get to. And you see like little like asteroids in between you're like, we're jumping across those. And I love that when mm-hmm. you when he got out to that middle one, you got to watch like Kalos, who was the bad guy of this of this story. You got to watch Kalos's massive ship just fly underneath you. And I was just like, it was just like, that's just cool as shit. Like, that's cool is what that is. Yeah. Like there was lots of shit that's cool moments. But um it is one of those things where it's like, I don't know how much you will get that get into that stuff if you haven't 
at least put a little bit of time into Destiny and maybe done some some reading. Yes, reading, because sadly, most of the story isn't as accessible as one would like it to be. Um, and that's why we use YouTubers like My Name is Bife, because he's doing the Lord's work and making the game's narrative a bit more accessible to everyone. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I get what you... Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't really consider the Halo angle, but this is also Bungie, and ironically... They may have made a, that's a better that's... Halo game than three four three. Well, I mean, right? Like that's that that was it was that's that first mission, and then when you were talking about like that sort of like final stand part towards the end, I was like, oh, this yeah, like playing that opening mission, and it, when I was running through those corridors, and it was like, you know, doors would close in front of you and send you down a different path, and like you'd have to jump over here and then like double back. I was like, oh, this is like this is the start of Halo. This is, this is Halo Combat Evolved, like the opening of that game. Um, but with Destiny and my, my, uh, with my Guardian. And I was like, that's actually a pretty cool, I don't know how intentional that was, but like, it definitely sells this sort of like 80s action hero, action movie vibes as well. But uh, yeah, it was, I look, it is a lot of fun. I'm curious to see how we feel about it maybe at the end of this, like in a year's time and maybe after we've played the final shape even like, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's enough there that's like left hanging. Um, I, I, I mean, there is a lot there that's left hanging, but it's, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just really curious. It, it, it's interesting having that like, Saying it's your Infinity Wall sets a precedent, and I don't know if it hit that, but I kind of get what they're trying to say, I think, is that this is, like, half of a story, essentially. So, yeah, and that is a big point. And, like, honestly, the other, the other half, and again, when you hear Infinity War, you know what to expect, right? It's also meant to be the story where we finally lose, because, obviously, the mm-hmm. Guardians in Destiny have spent most of the story just, like, kicking goals and not really facing... Like, apart from when you know one certain character beloved to the fan to the um, fan base was killed off, typically we don't lose too often, and when we do, we bounce back pretty quickly. Uh, so to, it was mm-hmm. sort of to set us up at a point where we would be on the back foot, and I do think it achieved that. Gr- granted, again, we'll get to the story stuff. It's a bit weird and doesn't tell you a lot, so you kind of had to you have to like make some assumptions and some some guesses as to what's going on by the end of it. Uh, which thankfully the lore is starting to flesh out more, but again, that doesn't help in the DLC that people have paid for to have this story explained to them. Which again, it's it's tough because I it I wouldn't normally be so critical on it because honestly, Destiny has never really had story at its forefront. But Witch Queen changed that. Witch Queen definitely raised the bar up. That game has got a cool last campaign and its story is told in a really cool way, and I really enjoyed it. I absolutely, wholeheartedly, maybe now, again, you talked about onboarding. I do think the Guardian ranks are a good way to start that process. So with that now in place, I'm now more at, you know, willing to be like, if there's ever a sale or a free weekend on Witch Queen, like, jump in and give it a shot because, yeah, that campaign is fun as hell. Um, I do think I preferred, as much as I love the Hive Guardians, I did prefer fighting the Tormentors, I think. Those guys are intimidating as hell. And just like, there's like lots of little small things. Like when you, 
shoot off their sh- both their shoulder pads and they just basically go berserk. Is just like and then they just start chasing you down is terrifying. There's a funny bug where sometimes where they'll have like the little finisher pop up above their head and you'll do the finisher and it won't do anything to them. And I know it's a bug, but it also just feels so appropriate to like be like, okay, I'm going to run in, I'm going to press in this, the, the right stick, do a finisher and they'll die. And they just stand there. And then it's always just like, <laughs> shit. And then it's turning around and running, screaming away from them. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. They it's were very nice try, dickhead. <laughs> yeah. uh, and even with all the, all, the yeah, options, all the options they had, like they could suppress you, which basically knocked out your abilities. Not as fun in some missions where maybe you have to do some grappling and you're mid-grapple and they decide to suppress yep. you so you fall to your death. That's not as fun. But yep. yeah, I don't know. Or if they knock you if they knock you across the map and you try to grapple back on, yeah, that's yeah, not fun. Not fun. Not it's not fun. fun at all. But I do, yeah, I, I, I did kind of find them more enjoyable to fight than the Hive Guardians. Even though I do like the mechanic of the Hive Guardians having to go in and double tap the Hive Ghost. That was, that. I never got sick of doing that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed them. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed, like I said, they were intimidating. They were terrifying. Like, and you fit, when you first see one, you're like, oh no. And then the next time, I think it's like the next time or maybe the time after that, there's like, eyes ah, two of them. And you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Like that first one took everything that I had to take down. But like, I mean, in true Destiny fashion, you get to the, like by the end of it, granted you are fighting them in a, in a situation that is pretty overwhelming, but like it, you sort of, you know how to deal with them a little bit and you can sort of like manage them a little bit, which is good. Um, I, I, this is, I guess, bordering on story stuff, but how do you feel about the, uh, the cloud strikers? Um, Striders, sorry. Cloud Striders. Yeah, the Cloud Striders. Uh, ooh, it's... Without going into story stuff... Um, okay. Just, again, purely based on the campaign and it, how they used... I could have used some more time with them. Uh, one in particular, which, again... One in particular, yep. Uh, yeah, that's what I'll say for now. It's like, I, I think they're cool. And we've got some cool lore stuff you can sort of dive into in the post game, uh, when you because obviously without giving any, well, I mean, it's not really giving anything away. When you go back to to Nia Muna, Joel, you have you can do a there's a little event you can witness, and that'll open up another part of Nia Muna at the back, which is called the Hall of Heroes, where you can sort of dive into the um, yeah the backstory of some of these other Cloud Striders, and there's some interesting stuff in there. I did open that up last night. Oh, nice. As I um before I went to bed, yeah. So like I. I'm there, I've spoken to the archivist and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So, there's some I'm, cool stories. On my way to doing that, it's my next thing. But, um, yeah, apart from that, I just wanted more time with some of them and maybe not the one who I spent more t- most, the most time with, personally. Uh, before we move on too much, speaking of characters and their use in their campaign, how'd you find Osiris? Because there were parts when I found him pretty insufferable. Yeah. Look, it, sometimes you're just like, fucking settle down, mate. Yeah. Like, you had, yeah. It was that, but again, like if they were really like, they're going for that eighties action movie feel. It was like that. Like, no, I have to be stronger. I'm going to do it first. Go. Ah, why can't I do this? Like it kind of, kind of works, but yeah, that doesn't make it any like less insufferable. Yeah. It's not, it's not really a criticism yeah. on Osiris because up until this point of a story, he has a, he has a lot of reason to behave like he does uh, for a quick, I guess a really quick, Run, like history rundown 
is he spent the year before the Witch Queen pretty much being uh, a puppet for, for Savathun, who essentially disguised herself as him and infiltrated our ranks and basically did a whole bunch of shit. And then we got him back and he's been basically fighting ever since then to to regain the trust of um, the Vanguard, most specifically um, Ikora. Uh, and we were at a stage in the story before this where he had he'd just gotten he he'd gotten to a pretty good spot, and I guess he saw this opportunity and he's just like fuck it, we gotta go, we gotta go to Neomuna, we gotta this is pivotal. And in the intro cutscene, it's like you gotta go with him because he has no light anymore, man. He if he dies, that's it. So. Yeah, I got. I it's not a criticism yeah. of how his character was. It was just like at certain points it got annoying the way he was just like yelling at me to do stuff. I'm like, dude, I am trying, man. I am doing my damn best. Yeah, <laughs> there was like there was one scene earlier in the game with him speaking of him having no light, where like where he goes to call upon. Oh, Mitt Sagira goes yeah. to, and it was just like, oh boy, that sucks. So that. Just and like the performance, like the performance capture as well was just like he went oh and so like slumps down and you just go, dude, that's that's rough. Yeah, <laughs> that is rough to see. Like the cutscenes that were in the game were really good. Like that's definitely something that still is really good. The cutscenes are great. It's just yeah, the story again. We'll get to it. <laughs> but, um, could have been delivered a bit better. I think you were talking before about like Witch Queen really sort of upping the bar for like campaign narratives and things like that. And I feel like that was the one where they sort of, without saying it, became full MMO um, and, and went down that sort of like classic Blizzard World of Warcraft, even with their like cinematics and stuff. Because my God, the cinematics in this, like the, the, the full on like CG cutscenes were insane. Like, my God, there's some good stuff in there. Um, and I guess carrying on from that as well. I mentioned before I was disappointed about there was no like synth based stuff like that, uh, music wise. But the music, fucking great. The theme is awesome. Soundtrack slaps. Um, there's like, it's it fucking yeah it does. There's one track in particular in like that penultimate mission, um, in that that final part of that penultimate mission. Man, I heard it a lot because I died a lot there. But very good, like yeah. very very good track. If you want to hear it, it's called Battle Ready. It was actually one of the first, one of the tracks they put out as a sort of preview to the soundtrack. So I definitely, I was like, I'll give it a listen. I was like, man, this song is great. I can't wait to see where it plays in the game. And then as I was playing through a campaign, I'm like, that song hasn't come up yet. And then when you get to that penultimate sex segment at the end where you're doing the uh, the training, I was like, oh, I am ready for this. But I also died a lot there. So I was just like, good thing the song is good because... I am relatively annoyed, especially specifically at the boss encounter at the end, which again, with limited revives, holy shit. Thank God there is a cheese that you can employ if you really get desperate. <laughs> Damn, I wish I'd known that. I didn't need it. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, no, it's fine. Okay. All good. We're professional fine. gamers only. Um, no worries. All good. We're Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Pro strats only. Yeah. I, I Look, I, I guess before we move into story stuff, um gear how are you feeling about the gear we're getting this season oh. how's that out all this this campaign the gear's great i really like the seasonal the um the expansion armor set i remember those are different things i just love i love that my titan is basically just covered in bullets it's awesome and 
I guess this is where we talk about it as well. It's still early days, so I don't want to, you know, criticize it too much, and it could change over the next... It will definitely change over the next few seasons. Uh, but the new mod system is good. It's nice and simple, which I do appreciate, but um, still sort of wrapping my head around how to really take full advantage of a lot of the build options. I, you know, I've gotten so used to doing things in certain ways in Witch Queen, it's weird to have to, re- like, relearn a whole bunch of it. Uh, but I do think it's more simple and basic nature is great to get new players on board and then hopefully we'll really start to mix up the mod variety in the future. For someone who who only just started fucking around with mods and things towards the end of Witch Queen uh, and its and its seasons, um, the, I, I, like looking at that, I was like, oh, okay, yep, this makes sense. Like I can go, yep, bang, 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 and, and see in real time what kind of effects it's going to have on my stats and be like, okay, this this makes sense. I can actually fuck around with this a lot more, more now. And I did that with all my gear when I started the campaign, and then I started getting the other gear. And I'm like, I shouldn't have done this now. I should have waited until I'd finished the campaign in some aspect, and then like you know, gone from there. But um, it, it is good. I think I think it's hard for them to, like because they've said you know this is a great one for people who've been wanting to jump back in, and I think yes, it is for that stuff gameplay wise but yeah i think narrative wise if you don't have if you don't know who my name is byfu is or you don't have a friend like kyron who's just gonna be like all right cool so this is like this is what's going on here with this and then you go okay yeah cool um i it could be quite difficult to sort of wrap your head around some aspects which i feel is probably as good a point as any that we can move into um talking about the story yeah sure um so it's, it's this is a bit of a weird one where we'll, we'll preface it by saying there's probably going to be spoilers in here, but realistically, and it's where I guess some of the criticisms are going to start coming in, I don't really know if we can spoil Lightfall per se, because real, really the story that happens is very straightforward and the ramifications and the objects we are interacting with, like even even the lore experts are just like, I don't know what this is. And if you've been anywhere amongst in the uh, Destiny, um, I guess, fan base, or even hanging out on Twitter, you would have seen plenty of jokes about the Veil, which is a pivotal paracausal item in the game's story. It's But because of how poorly it's explained, it is just a MacGuffin. And basically, we have to get to this MacGuffin yep. and stop the enemy from using the MacGuffin. And that's our mission, because we never really find out what the Veil is. Now, granted... It, with my how I know how Destiny tells its story, we're going to find out, no doubt, during this year because they tell their stories through the seasons that unfold. But it would have been nice to have had more in the paid DLC story missions for this particular item because it just and it is a large reason of why ultimately the narrative falls flat is just because yeah you're on your the entire game you're told we've got to get to the veil we have to make sure the enemy don't use the veil. You get to the veil, and then that's kind of it. And it's, but no one explains what the veil is to you. And you're like, ah, oh, it's too late. You're like, okay, cool, cool. I guess. Like the last cutscene is a pretty cool. sick cutscene. The last cutscene, yeah, is cool. you get like, a sick cutscene. Like, because basically, yeah, it's sort of set up. It the witnesses basically put you in a, a lose lose situation, right? Where basically he's mm-hmm. got his when the witness witnesses, of course, the big bad who has been, you know. 
causing trouble this entire time. He's had his little henchman, Callus, getting to this mysterious MacGuffin that we don't know, don't know what it is. So your our motivation is basically to get there and stop him. But in the process of doing that, the witness can still win because he uses that little ghost to do what he wants to do anyway. So we lose either way. Uh, which I don't know. Like, I, I don't hate that. Like, it's sort of like witness played... He did a similar thing, I guess, in Season of a Seraph, where he's just like, I'm going to use Sivu or Raft attack to attack the, you know, the, the last city by using her, like, death rituals when you activate the war stats. Or you blow up the war stats and I attack anyway with my pyramid fleet. It's like, you don't win. So I, I don't know. I actually didn't yeah. hate that entirely. I just mostly wanted to know what the veil was. It's, yeah, it's cool because like, the witness is like this master strategist that has just is thinking like 11 shots ahead, basically, constantly. Um, so it's going to be interesting to find out how, what the plan's going to be, how to overcome that um, going forward. But, uh, yeah, like, th- yeah, the, the, the veil is like mentioned. And like, because they mentioned it so much in that opening mission, you're like, or, you know, you're like, okay, cool, we're going to find out what it is. And then you get like almost like a glimpse of it, I guess, towards the end, and you're like, Oh, cool. We're going to, and then nothing. They're like, oh, it's too late. It's all, you're too late. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So um, the reason why we, like, a lot of people are getting the feeling this is going to be a story that unfolds during the years. In the immediate post-game quests, there are stuff that deals with um another one of Destiny, Destiny 1's big mysteries, which was like, I don't even know if you remember, Joel, the last boss of Destiny 1. Oh, when the uh, the black the black heart in like the the black garden or whatever it was on Venus. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So there's lore yep. implying yep, yep, that yep. that 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 itself is like a a vex made sort of imitation veil. So there is a mission that deals with going back to that sort of source and investigating it. So we are again we're definitely going to get answers throughout this year but it's just like yeah it's one of those things where it would have been nice to have had more in the main story as opposed to after the story is done um but yeah it feels like they 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 wanted to get so not desperately but they they were so hell bent on getting to this like this point of like you've lost everything is lost how are we going to overcome this but like like getting there they didn't quite have the pieces leading up to it. And again, this is something we could look back after, you know, the next couple of seasons or like in a year's time and go, Oh, okay. Yep. No, that, yeah, that makes sense. Or even when we say, start seeing things for the final shape as well. Um, the thing, the thing that I'm interested in, this is like side, slightly side tangent is like hearing about what, cause I heard the name, the final shape as the last expansion and be like, yep, the final shape. Okay. It's an interesting name. I'm hearing about what that, means well i was listening to um that bi video that you sent me Kyron, um about it being like the final shape is like nothingness essentially and like everything is lost i was like oh that's that's some cool shit and that has me excited now but i mean in terms of where i'm standing at the moment i'm just like okay we're at we're sort of like the empire strikes back point where we're like we're just waiting for the next part yeah. now to figure out and, and move forward. It, yeah. And it, 
it's tough because again, a lot of, a lot of the problems I have with it just just come from how much I loved the Witch Queen, especially when there's that little there's that little twist, that little spin on the entire story in Witch Queen, that basically reframes the entire narrative up until that point. Where as a player, I was just like, "Holy shit, that well done! You, that was really cool." Uh, and now I have my own fair long long list of doubts about what we're even doing, and like why we're even bothering to uh, assist or protect or even like engage with the traveler um, which is of course the big sphere that hovers above earth and this definitely continued down a path where i mean we we may they've said as much okay they said as much when they put out the raid you know the world's first hype trailer for the raid which starts oh pretty much two days from now at like 4 a.m australian time on saturday morning uh, a bunch of uh, raid teams will be kicking off a race to be the first person to finish that raid in the world. Uh, like the Traveler firing its bloody rejuvenation vegetation beam at the pyramid has inadvertently potentially revived a very bad enemy that we do not want to be messing with. Uh, stuff like that is still really cool and is, I guess, further evidence that their story is still developing. That's why it's always so hard when a, the, the game just flat out narratively didn't deliver IMHO, but mm. it's still early days, so that's why I'm trying to cut it some slack and not criticize it. It's just because the Witch Queen was so good at telling that full contained story, and then everything else that came after was just like a treat, pretty much. Yeah, like icing on the cake, yeah. essentially. Yeah, it's yeah, it is a bit disappointing. Um, in some aspects, but I, again, like you said, it's because the bar was set so high by Witch Queen. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of what it was going for, like we, we keep talking about that eighties action movie vibe. I feel like it definitely, it definitely hits that vibe for better or worse in terms of its narrative as well. Like it is pretty for a destiny story as well. Like it's pretty straightforward. It's like go here, stop them from getting this thing. Like, all right, cool. And that's basically what you're doing the whole time. Um, and it, that doesn't really change. There's no real big revelations except for you lose. But that was kind of already mentioned by Bungie anyway. There's been like, this is the one where we lose essentially. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I won't let it slide that there wasn't that there wasn't any big twists, I guess. Like no like mid-story revelations because, again, I, again a lot of this maybe at Bungie's fault is is like if you were if you've been following the destiny story even like a little bit for the last few years like when you do the vex strike in the middle of a campaign um and you get you see you hear the voice of Nazarek is sort of like one of those moments where you're like oh no this is bad <laughs> oh no yeah, yeah. Nazarek is like this sort that's, of like yeah. god of pain and chaos sort of character that's been and he, he played very heavily into a couple of seasons last year as well, where in Season of the Haunted, a whole, shit of, a whole bunch of nightmare shit went down thanks to his pyramid on the moon. Season of Plunder, we spent the entire season chasing down bits of his body because they granted power to those who like have it and we needed that on our side. And then we used that, we used those pieces of his body, or at least like one of our allies did, to distill a, a drink to bring Osiris out of his coma which everyone's just gone, oh, okay, cool. That's that's fine. But now we know that those that's all tied to Nazarak. It's like, what, what if this is like exactly what he wanted, right? 
we basically fed our yeah. ally this drink of like Nazarek, and now he's he's like guiding us. <laughs> yeah, and like he's erratic behavior throughout Lightfall's campaign as well. Is like okay, all right. He's pretty gung ho on getting getting a, getting a hold on this strain ability and getting getting comfortable with it. So I, yeah, actually, you're right. That's again, a, that's a very good point. It's not on the same level as that cutscene in the Witch Queen, where you know, again, your entire perception of Savathun and what is happening with the Traveler is like flipped. But it because that one's more overt, that one's more obvious if you're following along the story. Like, oh, this is a big deal because of this. Whereas when it happens in Lightfall, when that when you get that Nazarek reveal, if you're if you're sort of like a cursory player just here for a good time, you're like, oh, okay, that guy sounds pretty tough. But um, otherwise, if you if you've been playing for the last couple of years, you're like, that guy is bad news, and I don't know why I can hear his voice. He's meant to be dead. <laughs> yeah, so because I I remember that he gave me that part, and because when it's speaking to you at first, the um like the the codec name where it pops up in the right hand side is like i think like question marks yes it's it is. not until he says his name it's no one until he says his name and you go oh i was like oh that must be someone important but i hadn't clicked that that was because again i am that cursory player but i was like that must be important but then i didn't really think about it too much so yeah. um i mean but that's not again it's not entirely your fault because, like, the, the the way this particular character was introduced was for a warlock exotic. So if you don't play as a warlock, you probably haven't even interacted with it. It's a helmet called the ne- called um Nezarek Sin, and man, he had a weapon, two weapons last year. One was a glaive in the season of the Haunted called Nezarek's Whisper, and then in Plunder there was a fusion rifle called Del- um Delicate Tomb. So those are the three things that have sort of been connected to Nezarek and contained a lot of his lore. And if you weren't interacting with those things, you may not have had any idea. But yeah, when he shows up, it's definitely a big deal. And what's cool as well is after that, in several missions, like mostly there's the near moon of world activity called Terminal Overload, which is like a sort of massive area event where you and any other, you know, guardians in the area fight off a bunch of enemies in like a big wave attack. Uh, at the end of that and certain missions, there are things that are like, if you're not wearing the Nezarek Sin helmet or carrying the glaive or apparently also using the delicate tomb, there are unintelligible whispers that play. But if you are have one of those three things equipped, you will get to hear what they are. And they are always Nezarek speaking, which is, it's again, it's such a cool little thing that... Um, That's really cool. If you're in the know, is great. But if you don't know, then you're probably going to miss it. And it's one of those things where it's like, I wish there was a better way to sort of nudge players to be like hey maybe do this <laughs> as you're running around around the world yeah doing doing the amuna stuff because again they're not massive they don't like shed all this light on nezarek as a character or like the great the story as a whole but they are like little glimpses into what he's doing and he drops like little bits of details like here and there like he is also aware of the veil he is aware that savathun took it to Neamuna when she bailed and, and basically betrayed the witness so he's happy to see that it's here and it's intact, implying he knows what it is. And he also talks about like the ancient scions, which are a part of the like the cabal, one of the enemy races, um, worshipped him, which is also kind of a big deal because it's been around for a while and scions are all about this like psychic realm, psychic power sort of stuff. So and now it's potential potentially on near Moon he's got Vex connections as well. Because he's in the sort of mm. the cloud arc, sort of Vex realm. So, like, when this raid kicks off, it's going to be so interesting to see what 
happens in it narratively and then what the like end result is for the destiny universe because there's usually at least a little bit of additional story after a raid is completed um so i'm very curious to see what happens after he if he's in the raid if he's the boss if he bites the dust if he survives i have no idea because he's been pretty thoroughly built up the last 12 months so i'm not sure if he'll actually be the boss of the raid he might be uh, but I'm very curious to see. So, like, there's still, there is still stuff to look forward to narratively. It's just, like, Lightfall as a whole didn't deliver. And it's up to the rest of the seasons to sort of carry the, the um, the, like, the torch for them. Which is fine if you're in for all four like me. But if you just picked up Lightfall, and this was, like, the game's shot to sort of win you over. Like, I can absolutely see the disappointment and don't blame anyone who sort of feels burned by it because i did like when i finished it and i was like thinking back and i'm like what the fuck is the veil why should i care about any of this and it's only really since then sitting down doing my required reading i've gone okay i can see where we're heading watching a couple of bye videos it's just like all right all right i'm still a bit bitter but i'm less bitter but i shouldn't have to put in that extra work all the time when it's just like there's a cutscene here, there's a story there's a story here in this game. There are cutscenes, and it's just like, yeah, just falls flat at the end. It's just kind of a bummer. Yeah. I think I mean, like I guess speaking of the end and cutscenes, like that final cutscene that we get um with the witness sort of I guess entering the traveler. It has a name. It actually it's- so when you finish the game, Joel, and there's a, it's a small chance that you'll get this, like, um, you know how there's like those radio messages or like the news bulletins yep. that play on the Amuna? Yep. So there's one that touches on this after the campaign. And of course, because it's Destiny 2, there's only a chance to, you know, a small chance to get it. But they talk about what the pyramid did. Um, and he's made, it's like a, it's oh. a portal... So that's yeah. I can't. It's got a name, and I'm God. I'm blanking on it. <laughs> it's a specific sort of wormhole. I forget what it's called. One of the news reports mentions it, um, but it implies a lot about what it, why it did it, and where it's going. And there is stuff in the post game that basically talks about why we have to follow it. There's story stuff that's pointing us back towards um, Titan, which is an old planet from Vanilla Destiny 2, which was actually taken by the Witness and the Pyramid ships. And it was mentioned or hinted at that maybe in the future we would get the power to move planets, so we might be getting that back. We might take it back somehow from a Witness. I don't know. There's a report that mentions, like, an enemy of a Witness might live there. I mean, if it's still alive, it's imperative that we get it out. And, like, it's like, I don't know, man. There's a lot of crazy stuff on the horizon there's a lot to look forward to. It's just like, again, it's sort of like getting to it at this point. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a shame to sort of be, because I guess we were, we were both pretty excited, like for different reasons. I was like just excited to be in day one for a, a, a new Destiny campaign. Um, but also like, you know, with this, them saying that it's going to be the Infinity War and, you know, whatnot of the Destiny light and dark saga or whatever it's called is it light light and darkness saga yeah pretty much is what they're dubbing it yeah so that's pretty exciting on its own but then yeah so getting this sensitive again it really feels like we're in an empire strikes backstage where we're like we're we're about to get the 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 push to the end but this feels like the little bridge in the middle that is necessary to get to get us there 
Um, I mean, but I don't, I don't. Is that worth seventy dollars? Like that—that's another good point. It is—it is a bit more pricey than the um the Witch Queen was. Uh, I yeah. don't like to lend too much to it, but there has been talk that the what Lightfall is, well, what what Lightfall was is what the final shape became, and then they made a new thing for Lightfall. Now I don't know how true that is. That's just like people talking. Um, I could see it honestly with how Lightfall plays out and how we only really do one thing. It's very straightforward. Like, but I'm not sure if that's something worth considering. Uh, it's pretty crazy that we're going to see the final shape this year. That's just a weird thing to think about. And um, then we're well and truly on the road to whatever destiny is beyond this narrative. I'm going to be very curious to see where it goes after this. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's going to be weird because a lot of, again, the seasonal story so far has actually been pretty good, but it also has the benefit of being week to week. So it gets this chance to sort of sit and and you can sit, you can do it, and then you walk away. Whereas like Lightfall is just like, bam, 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 bam. But it, I don't know, there's just not much of interest happening on the road there. Whereas the seasonal stuff is more boots on the ground. You know, the Witness is basically taking a bunch of our allies hostage. So we've got to break into these like pyramid prisons and bust them out. It's a hilarious cutscene you can get after the very first one you do, but if you wait out all the, the countdowns at the end of the mission and don't return to orbit, you'll get it. It's worth mentioning that because I actually missed it the first time. I had to get it the second time because I, I don't know, like when I finish an activity in Destiny, I'm like, cool, I'm off to orbit. See you later. Here's your commendations. Peace. Uh, this one, you got to wait until the very end to get the cutscene. So I, I did see them talking about it and I put it up on YouTube and all that. So I think they're aware of it. So hopefully in the future, that won't happen again. Um, so yeah, the seasons are going to be doing a lot of heavy lifting, I think, uh, and hopefully Final Shape delivers more. I guess it has even, like, there's even more writing on the Final Shape now after Lightfall. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's it. And like, how, like, do we get it in a year's time? I know they're saying they're confident that we will, but like, do you feel like this is something that could get delayed because it is, there is so much to wrap up here, I guess. No, I, I, I do think, I do think they're on top of it. You know, I, I actually do kind of have faith that Bungie have it un- under control. The Witch Queen delay obviously did happen, so it's not out of, it's not out of a realm of possibility. Um, I don't know. I just think, I think they're across it. A lot of the seasons are done in advance, so that's why seasons mm-hmm. twenty and twenty one are pretty much in the books. And any major changes aren't really coming until season 22. So that's like June onwards. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think I think it'll hit. But I mean, who knows? If they need to delay, they'll delay. Like they have that, that freedom, which is good. That's true. Um, and I don't think it will be a real detriment to them. Because, I mean, I want them to finish strong with this. I want them to like really sort of like wrap up this arc and then... I mean, I guess that that sort of is is the, the one of the last questions I want to bring up. I guess if we're talking destiny here, like in the future, like what's beyond? Like what? I know it's hard to say, especially considering at the point we're at with the, with the whole the whole story. But like, wh- how do you feel they they go from here? From like when they wrap this up, like what's next for destiny? I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's impossible to predict. Like. Obviously, I think we'll probably go outside yeah. of the this, this, this soul system. That seems like it's obvious. We kind of we'll have done all we can here, which opens up the uh, possibility for like just new worlds, I guess, as opposed to being like, "Hey, it's Jupiter. 
you know Jupiter. It's right there, you know. So going yeah. to different places could be exciting. Uh, the weird thing I keep having to reconcile with is, like, even though the final shape will be the end of the story, like the light and darkness arc, it's still going to be, like, four seasons that year, and I have no idea what they're going to be about. I'm very curious. Actually, that's a very good point. Are we get? Oh, I mean, is the campaign for the final shape going to be, like, you have to play through the season? I really... Uh, see, that's no. the thing, because, like... No, I doubt it. I don't think... No. No. Um, I I think the thing that I would like to see them do in the future is, I mean, it, it's a pretty obvious question, but I feel like it's more, getting more and more possible because we're seeing it a lot more in cutscenes. is like ship-based stuff. Like, like, like maybe even some like just cursory dogfights to start with. I don't know. Doing some like vehicle things up that aren't just the... um like tanks and um, sparrows and stuff um, because we, we've been getting so many like really fucking cool as well. Like space battles in like ships and stuff like that. Um, I kind of want that to be a thing that comes. And I feel like, because like there'll be, won't be as uh, like, we were talking about this before, like about being tied down to um, previous generation hardware as well they're going to be like going forward it'll be like current gen onwards basically so i'd like to see them sort of do something like that but i don't know i just wanted to keep making shooting things fun and for me to like every now and then be like oh yeah that's interesting i mean that's a guarantee that's a guarantee and i guess i'll like after this is all all said and done they'll be facing the most difficult question do they do they hit the dreaded reset button on our characters? Do we do we start fresh? Do we do they try to carry all of this and all of our loot and all the stuff that's there already into the future? I don't know. Like I kind of want to read a fresh start, but I know a lot of players would push back against it. I don't know. It's gonna be very interesting, and I'm very curious to see what Bungie does. Heck, I'm I'm curious to see if I have anything to say about any of that when they reveal the final shape later this year. Like it sounds like it's gonna be a pretty big elephant in the room. So yeah, just really curious about mm-hmm. the future of Destiny. We know that the future is more Destiny. Like Bungie's working on other stuff, but Destiny yeah. is definitely like what they make. So it's not going anywhere. Yeah. It's just going to be curious to see what it evolves into. It's Yeah, it's definitely their bread and butter. But yeah, what are we having that bread and butter with? That's what, what, what dish is it being served with? I don't know where this analogy is going anymore. So... I feel like that's probably a good point. Is any is there anything any final comments on on Lightfall and its its surrounding um, goodness that you want to you want to bring to the table? I had fun. Like Strand is the, the biggest takeaway. Strand is great. I wasn't a hundred percent sure on Strand because obviously when you play with it in the campaign, it's very much like this is Strand. This is your grapple. This is your melee. This is you know your class ability. Then in the post game, when you actually unlock Strand, you can you can swap out your grapple for like boulder grenades or like little threadling grenades instead. So you don't have to use the grapple, which is nice. And Bungie also very smartly decided to untime gate all the um little aspect modifiers of a class, and so now you can sort of start unlocking them straight away, which is a good idea because one of the things that really you know sucked the fun out of stasis was having to unlock it through such painful and time-consuming repetitive tasks. Whereas in this one, like, honestly, I've already, I've unlocked, like, 11 of the 13 things already just from playing the post-game stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. Strain yeah. is my biggest takeaway. It's a lot of fun. 
and I'm really digging it. Yeah, I think that's that's it for me as well. I think Strand was obviously the big the big highlight here, and the big draw card, I guess, was like you know, which queen didn't have anything like subclass wise really to add. It had the. It had the three stuff, and that was pretty massive. Like, which is basically the, That's, bringing yeah. the other original D two stuff up to the um the current subclass par with stasis, where you could completely customize it without having looking like your little diamonds and picking stuff like that. So they did have that, but yeah, you are right. Yeah. You know, like massive universe changing, like you know, subclass like a second darkness power in the form of strand. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's cool to have that sort of that subclass diamond sort of full now like it looks it looks nice aesthetically um but also too, it's a it's a really fun for now it's a really fun um like it's a really fun subclass to muck around with and i i, I can't wait to start unlocking more stuff and and really sort of drilling down into how i want mine to play because honestly at the moment just being able to grapple myself towards a group of enemies and just punch them into non-existence the, the quicker that I can do that, but like between rounds of being able to do that, the better for me. I'm like, yes, please. Love that shit. Um, but I mean, look, we're going to be there. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to keep trying to plug away. It's going to make things difficult considering I'm going to be without my PlayStation probably for a little bit at the moment in terms of moving. So that's going to, that's going to suck. It's a really bad timing in terms of that. Um, but yeah, we're going to be there. And if I can't keep up with it, I know, I know. Kyra will fill me in if I if I ask him I'll nicely. Try. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's all we really had for this week. I think it was a, it was a good conversation we had. Nice, tidy little conversation there we had about Destiny Two, and uh, and and where we think things are going, and what we would like to see, and how we feel about where it is at the moment. So, Kyron, bring us home. All right. Well, as always, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast. We do appreciate you lending us your ears, and I hope that even if you don't like or play Destiny, that if you listen to this, you at least enjoyed listening to us talk about it. Uh, because, yeah, Lightfall's been super interesting and divisive amongst, you know, fan base and casual players alike. So, yeah, it's just interesting to hammer it out. Uh, if you want to support us in any way, shape, or form, you can find us whatever, on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on and chuck us reviews, shares, stars, thumbs up, whatever it is, whatever sort of accolades you can grant us. We do appreciate it. Uh, as for social media, you can find us tweeting under the story mode gaming bracket, which is at, oh, I'm pulled up to announce, at story mode Oz, isn't it? Uh, yeah, story mode AUS, yes. Yeah, story mode AUS. So yeah, you can find us over there where we tweet a lot of stuff out. Um, as for our individual accounts, you can find me on Twitter where I'm at LemonManX, where no surprises, my tweets are mostly Destiny. What about you, Joel? Where can I find you? Uh, you can find me at Mac, where I haven't really been tweeting anything much at all, but I have been retweeting. Uh, I, I retweeted uh, being on uh, Story Mode Gaming, a uh, Story Mode podcast this week, um, where if you want to hear my thoughts about Cocaine Bear, go and have a listen to that one. It's good. Good and have a good fun time with Jesse and, and Felix over there. So, um, yeah, go check that out. Excellent. Well, in that case, I'll let a wonderful theme song take us out and we'll catch you all next time. Bye. Bye.
Dialogue Options Podcast.